Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning and welcome to our show number 642. And we're happy to be joined this morning by one of the great birding experts on the planet, Mr. David Clapp. All of a sudden, can't hear uh, what we're saying <laughs> here, right. apparently. But he, oops! Fortunately, we're sitting right across from one another, so I can hear can, you now, can, Ray. Oh, good. <laughs> and we can read lips uh, if necessary as well. So I was just saying, um, you're one of the great birders on the planet, but I didn't that's, name the planet. Yeah, that's so, right. It's, it's but, um, far away. We are talking about <laughs> planet Earth, most of which you have covered in your travels, including Tanzania most recently, and we'll talk. Uh, more about that, uh, okay. David, uh, in yep. a little bit, but welcome uh, back to uh, the show here. My pleasure, Ray. Always a pleasure. And we've talked a little bit about hurricanes, a subject we could obviously not avoid, and all the tragic uh, results of that. And um, birds are affected by hurricanes, too. Yeah, you, tremen- tremendously. Well, yeah, there's, uh, there's a number of you know, small birds, migratory birds, big birds, ocean birds, land birds. Everybody reacts differently to these things. Some of the ocean birds can actually get swept up in the winds of the hurricane and sometimes work their way into the eye where it's mm-hmm. relatively quiet and just sort yeah. of travel with the hurricane until it breaks up. Other, other times they're just battered and knocked into the sea where they just sit and wait. Well, we had, a, uh, as our guest a few weeks ago, Dr. John Hagstrom, and he has this theory about birds using infrasound as a migration technique, but that also comes yeah. into play with with hurricanes yeah you, they can hear these things um and they can they almost feel them they've they've learned that giraffes do this and elephants do this is this these low frequency sounds are really pervasive whales use them mm-hmm. um so it's a it's not a real surprise that other animals use them as well yeah they can apparently tell from sounds where they are migrating at night they use infrasound as well as stars as well as mm-hmm. wind patterns and mm-hmm. um it's quite remarkable, the breadth of it. And there's no easy single answer for the way all birds react in storms. I mean, birds that are non-migratory, their habitat gets beaten up, and they have no place to go. So they suffer tremendously until the habitat mm-hmm. restores itself. Um, other times, they well, there's a bird... They've been putting radio tags on some of the long-distance migrating shorebirds, mm-hmm. wimbrels and godwits, mm-hmm. which fly from Alaska to New Zealand, say, Alaska to Australia, or even um, off the New England coast down to South America. And some of these guys have flown into cyclones and hurricanes, and the supposition is that they actually go higher than them. They're up at 20,000, 25,000 feet, working their way over some of these storms. There's the famous story about the wimbrel uh, named Chinkapin, uh, Chinkwapin. Yeah. Chink, yeah. That went, they watched or they tracked him going into a hurricane and coming out the other side. They did, so they did, yeah. They, lo- they lost yeah. it in the, in the midst of it and had no idea what was going on for however long it was, a day or 26 hours, something, some long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, boom, the bird popped out the other side. And again, nobody was quite sure, still isn't quite sure what they did because mm-hmm. the, the uh, transmitters that they wear don't really do... 
uh, altitude. Ah, but did okay. it get in there and fly up over it and through, or mm-hmm. did it just struggle on through the winds? Just, you know, you get 60, 70, 80, 100 mile an hour yeah. winds, and this bird's working its way through it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Still a mystery. And was it, that the one bird that survived and 100 died doing mm-hmm. that? You, 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 you really don't know, know but, either, it, yeah. but it's remarkable what you do learn. Yeah. What we do know is um, waters are warming. We're likely to see more intense hurricanes and more of them. Yeah, it's more than, not just in the climate, we're seeing a shift north of plants along the coast. We're Mm -hmm. seeing a shift north of fish along the coast. uh, The water off Cape Cod is between a degree and two and a half degrees warmer than average. Uh, and that puts more moisture in the air and heat moisture. You get more storms, you get more rainfall. It's, It's, yeah, this is a pattern we're going to see more of. Mm-hmm. David Clapp is here with us in the studio. He's going to tell us about some of his favorite birds from his recent trip to <laughs> Tanzania and uh, maybe a prediction about some birds in the Galapagos Islands, too. Extra, extra, read all about it. Meanwhile, some of the stories and videos on our extra, Facebook page this week. Many of us have seen birds with defective pigmentation making them look splotchy or even completely white as a result extra, of extra, albinism or leucism. It's not unusual in birds, but it certainly is in giraffes. And you'll see what we mean if you check out our Facebook page. Also on our page this week, our man Mike O'Connor tells all about the nesting habits of eastern screech owls, including why they don't need to pay for braces. Okay, he knows what he means, and you can read his explanation on our Facebook page right now. And our rising carbon dioxide levels turning our crops into junk food. At least one scientist thinks they might be. You can find out why he thinks of that on our page. That's what we, some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. By the way, the latest edition of our Talking Birds electronic newsletter, The Trumpeter, has just been published. It has lots of good stuff in it. You can subscribe to our free newsletter just by clicking the link at the top of the homepage of our website, TalkingBirds.com. It's our mystery bird. What is it? Well, this is a preview of our mystery bird contest. I'll give you a clue here. Our bird is slender, mostly white. Very long central tail feathers that double its length to about 30 inches. It has black wingtips and a black band on the inner wing, a black line through the eye, and a yellow-orange bill. It's a tropical ocean bird. Dives to catch fish. Nests as far north as Bermuda, often seen off the coast, the southeastern coast of the U.S. That's our um, mystery bird. We'll be giving away a droll Yankees feeder and another big bag of birds and beans, bird-friendly, shade-grown coffee in our mystery bird contest. Well, our gratitude never flags over our wonderful Talking Birds ambassadors, now 150 of them, here in the U.S. and Canada and Europe, kindly spreading the word about our show and the importance of conservation. You can become an ambassador very easily, and it's easy to do. Just hand out some cards to your friends and associates. Just go to TalkingBirds.com, click on the Contact button, and choose Become an Ambassador. Still to come on our show, we'll catch up with our man, Mike O'Connor, in our Let's Ask Mike segment, talking about the joys of birding in community gardens. Ah. And up next, a breathtakingly brilliant sky blue bird of the Western Mountains, is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding.
little patch of perfect sky fell to earth one day. That's a fragment of a poem by an unknown author about the state bird of Idaho and Nevada. A bird about the same size as the eastern bluebird, but with longer wings and a more graceful, swallow-like flight. It's the mountain bluebird whose color has been described as a breathtakingly brilliant sky blue in the male, while the female shows hints of those colors in her mostly gray plumage. As with eastern bluebirds, the populations of mountain bluebirds are stable or increasing thanks to human intervention. In fact, not much is known about the mountain bluebird's natural nest site requirements. Most studies involve birds in nest boxes. And by the way, the male seems to think that being handsome is his main duty when it comes to nesting chores. And the following behavior may offer a comparison to that of some human males. According to the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, only the female mountain bluebird builds the nest, while the male sometimes acts as if he is helping, while he either brings no nest material or he drops it on the way. Of course, the male mountain bluebird must conserve his energy for singing, like this. Out west, they call it the Rocky Mountain Bluebird, or Arctic Bluebird, or the Silver State Bluebird. We call it our Talking Birds featured feathered friend, the Mountain Bluebird. I know we need to correct our pronunciation. It's Nevada, right? We found that out in recent times. And, and our singer needs to uh, fix his, because we know there's no such thing as a seagull. Which he <laughs> <laughs> also All right, now I'm going to do a little reading uh, with David's permission of some of his freeform uh, Tanzanian bird poetry. This is just prior to falling asleep, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's goes this way. Hmm, Tanzania. Gray-crowned cranes are so unlikely. Go-away birds are just goofy. Ostriches are aloof and somehow unbird-like. Weavers are highly skilled. Hammercops are frustrated developers. Hornbills have so many secrets. Vultures are so important and so disrespected. Gymnogenes are acrobatic carnivores. And the secretary bird is a cold-blooded killer. But with panache. <laughs> this is one sound of the secretary bird, uh, David, right? You say they make... Yeah, they, they, uh, it's, this is a tall bird, the size, the height of a turkey, skinnier, mm. uh, very long-legged. It wears black pantaloons mm. about half of its leg length, which is really just down to the ankle. And then the other part is yeah. real bony, so if it gets bitten by a snake, it pretty much glances off. Wow. And they look for snakes. They, I've seen them take rabbits. I, I've got some great pictures, which will be on the, my blog page this afternoon, later this after the Patriots, um, yeah. this afternoon, <laughs> showing them uh, killing and eating a rabbit. Now, this yeah. is a bird that just stomped this rabbit, and then ate it um yeah it's a great bird but i don't you rarely hear it make noises mm -hmm. if they walk in pairs you sometimes hear peeps and stuff and uh, big birds big big wings it's a the to see that it re you really if you've never if for anybody who hasn't seen it you have yeah. to look at it because it looks so unlikely those legs are just yeah crazy. it's a yeah it's, it's really 
in a way, it's sort of elegant. You know, it's structured in these long lines, like it's wearing high heels, and it's got you know this sort of <laughs> sense to it with yeah. the big fluffy feathers sticking out of the head. But it's a cold-blooded killer. And it's not certain where the name comes from, right? A couple of different theories. Yeah, there's a couple of theories. The, in the, when the British arrived, they, the secretaries, the clerks in the office, would stick quills into their wig mm-hmm. to store them there. And so it looked like they had this array of plumes sticking out of their head. Mm-hmm. But the Arab name is Sokoter, which could have been just transformed into secretary. secretary. Yeah. Um, but it's a bird with these big sort of rough of feathers on its head. It's really quite nice. We've heard uh, of some of the birds uh, mentioned in that little free-form poetry, but uh, <laughs> go-away birds? Go away! Go away! Ah, yeah, go-away so, birds. They're, okay. they're, um, we don't have anything quite like it. They're like mockingbird shape, maybe the size of a crow. Big, long birds. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're just sort of... They pal around little groups, and they sit next mm-hmm. to each other. And they, at night, they get up in trees. You see that if you're out looking for bush babies or some nocturnal things in the trees, you'll see these clusters of, well, just look like big a pillow stuck in the tree. It might be <laughs> six or seven or eight of these go-away birds all stuck together. Yeah. Then in the morning, they get out, and they shake, and they preen, and then they go sit, and they go, go away, go away. Well, they have plenty of company already, so they don't need <laughs> yeah, anybody right. else to no, show up. Right? That's right. Go away. <laughs> Three's, a, three's company, uh, no, two's company, three's a crowd. Well, uh, so gymnogenes, you describe uh, yeah, as yeah. acrobatic carnivores. Gymnogenes are a bird of prey. Uh, they're all gray with a yellow, sort of yellow bill and sear around the face, the, the featherless area. Mm. Um, with a, sort of a small head, a little pinhead kind of bird of prey, but big, almost the size of a red tail, our red tail hawks. Mm. Uh, long-legged lands on a tree and will go up to a hole in the tree and reach in with one of these long legs trying to find baby birds and eggs Ooh. and things inside a, another bird's nest. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, yeah, it's a rapacious thief and it, uh, it, takes, it eats other birds mostly. Uh-huh. Uh, our friend Nick Lund, a.k.a. The Birdist, was uh, with us last week and he just came back from Australia. He gave us um, his five favorite birds of Australia. So uh-huh. we're kind of looking for your maybe favorite birds or five Wait, or so of from, Australia from, always interests me um, this is by the way this is uh, uh, Tanzania for anyone if you just oh, yeah. tune into the program. those other ones were yeah. Tanzania this is Australia the thing about Australia that it's so, so dry once you get over that dividing range that mountain range which is really down the east coast it's just dry all the way to Perth mm-hmm. and even Perth is dry so it's the whole middle part of our, the United States it's giant mm-hmm. and it's dry but wherever there's a puddle there are rails you know, skinny as a rail. We have Virginia rail, Sora rail, and these these are wetland birds. Mm-hmm. In Australia, you get areas that flood up when it rains, and they fill up with rails. And that, I mean, Australians get great birds, kookaburras and cockatoos and parrots and parakeets and all sorts of things. Um, but it just always amazes me to be in the middle of a desert and find a wet spot and have two or three species of rails and dozens and dozens of individuals. It's always mm. that's a kick. I, I I like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You talk about the frogmouths, owlet yeah. nightjar. Yeah, when we've been there, the lovely Francis thinks the frogmouths and the the owlet nightjar. The owlet nightjar looks like a little tiny owl, but it is a, a goat sucker. It is a whippoorwill type, um, and it is in cavities in the trees. Mm-hmm. And when you find one, they're they're nocturnal. So when you find one in the daytime, all you usually find is the head sticking out of a little hole. Mm-hmm. And it's the cutest little face you ever saw. <laughs> it really is neat, the owl mm-hmm. at night jar. Yeah, but All right. it's one of those things when you walk around, you have to kind of look down because Australia's full of spiders and snakes, too. Yeah. 
Uh, everything that will eat you, I think you described it. Yeah, this way. Yes. So, okay, there's Tanzania and Australia, and now let's move on to the Galapagos. Uh, we'll be making the trip there. I hope uh, they find it. Sometimes week. those islands are so small, Ray, that your plane just Go, goes goes right, around right and around. Yeah, 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 right past them. I know they're out here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. So, yeah, thanks. <laughs> we'll need it. But anyway, so lots of amazing birds uh, there that won't be seen anywhere Yeah, else. Uh, you think about something like that, and you say, well, that's kind of like going to a zoo or that's like shooting fish in a barrel that's mm -hmm. kind of easy you know yeah. but but the galapagos are really remarkable in so many ways um you've got these the three species of boobies the blue-footed boobies diving in big numbers right close to shore mm. the other two are a little further offshore um and if you're at the in the galapagos for the a week trip instead of a three-day trip mm -hmm. you get to see pretty much all of this stuff mm -hmm. so it's really quite wonderful um when darwin was there everybody talks about darwin's finches and how they led to their unraveling of evolution stories and stuff mm -hmm. um probably not totally true but darwin did notice that the tortoises were different on each island or he was told that by the governor um mm -hmm. but he noticed the mockingbirds were different and so it's kind of interesting to see the mockingbirds they're very tame and they're all over the place uh, fly catchers, but I, I like the ocean birds. I like the uh, storm petrels and the sheer waters you'll see, uh, the tropic birds you might see, um, and some other stuff that's just in that area. It's mm -hmm. really quite wonderful. Some of the gulls are remarkable. Swallowtail gull. I'm glad you mentioned swallowtail gull because uh, our friend Adam Dalla, who's one of our new uh, Talking Birds ambassadors and was a mystery bird contest winner a couple of weeks ago, uh, is up in Coquitlam, British Columbia. And he and his family traveled down to Washington to see a swallowtail gull. Really? Does that sound... It sounds uh, unlikely, it, but that's the kind of thing you would travel and, for, yes. Yeah, and apparently yeah. they did I find mean, Bird watchers do yeah. that, you know, yeah. and a rare bird shows up, you... Yeah. you it's like NCIS, you know, grab your kit, we've got, we've got to go. Uh, <laughs> right. Same indeed. thing, you know, grab so your binoculars and I meant run. to mention that last week, so Adam, congratulations on... Yeah, that's a great on, bird. On, that's on a nocturnal it. seagull. A nocturnal mm. gull no, mm. that, that spends its time at sea. Right. Um, it's very restricted to the Galapagos and very few other places. Mm. Uh, so one must have gotten pushed up by the weather, or just had a uh -huh. bad GPS implant. Yeah. Something. All right. I hope I had the right the right bird there. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, no, no. The uh, rare yeah. birds yeah. do that. They I mean, do. Yeah. yeah. The birds well, fly. Can we can we also say because of the recent weather, this could be some. They'd, Absolutely. Too, yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's another bird that's pretty fascinating in the, in the Galapagos. When you talk about a bird that's uh, changed to uh, adapt to what it needs to do, the flightless cormorant. Yeah. These tiny little wings. Tiny little wings. It's, you know, come back in 20,000 years and there may be no wings. Mm. But still, I mean, they're not using them very much. They swim with their feet, apparently. They, they probably use their wings to get started when they first go underwater. But um, the wings are not used for flying. Mm -hmm. Plenty of fish. Why waste all the energy growing wings mm -hmm. and uh, wing feathers and molting them and all that stuff? So yeah. it, they've just sort of streamlined themselves. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. That's an interesting area. You'll see uh, flightless, oh, you'll see flightless, you'll see, of course, flightless penguins. They're all <laughs> wow. flightless. Uh, but you'll see penguins up there right on the equator. Mm -hmm. Some remarkable stuff has the happened Galapagos in that area. penguin, right? We had it's a trivia question recently. It's the only penguin found north of the equator. That's right. Part of, partly north yep. of the equator. Yep. David Clapp is our guest. His blog, by the way, make sure I get this right, David, On the Road with DEC. David E. Clapp, that's right. On the road WordPress. With DEC. Yeah, it's a WordPress. Yeah, yeah. so just yeah. Uh, On the Road with DEC. That's yep. It's David mostly it's nature stuff, but yeah. probably leans toward birds. All right. Speaking of birds, our mystery bird contest is coming along here in just one minute.
talking birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. I am Judy Fish from Brookline, Massachusetts. Somehow we discovered Ray's Talking Bird Show and became enthusiastic listeners. We've taken the ambassador cards on some recent trips. I've distributed them to like-minded people, and it's been really a lot of fun to tell people about the show. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the Contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the Contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Talking Birds is made possible in part by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology, a world leader in the study, appreciation, and conservation of birds. Please check them out at birds.cornell.edu. A reminder, by the way, you can hear our show live wherever you are with an online connection to uh, enable you to participate in our mystery bird contest and to just get in touch with us uh, in general. And uh, just go to talkingbirds.com. No G in talking. You'll see how to listen to the show uh, online. It's very easy to do. You can do it live from anywhere. Talkingbirds.com We played our mystery bird a little earlier as a preview. Here it is again. By the way, our prize this morning uh, probably not something of interest to our mystery bird, but to bird feeders, backyard bird feeders. It's the cute feeder. Uh, it's a new feeder from Droll Yankees, a cute little chickadee feeder, good for any kind of food, even has a height-adjustable dome uh, and a four-and-a-half diameter dish for sunflower seeds or mixed seed fruit or mealworms. And as a bonus, we have a big bag of bird-friendly birds and beans shade-grown coffee. It's good stuff, and it's good for the birds and good for our planet. So that's the prize, and you heard the sound of the bird. Our clues, our mystery bird it's slender and mostly white. Its very long central tail feathers double its length to about 30 inches. It has black wingtips and a black band on the inner wing, a black line through the eye and a yellow-orange bill. This tropical ocean bird, which plunge dives to catch fish, nests as far north as Bermuda, is often seen off the coast of the southeastern United States. I think dry tortugas off Florida yep. is a, yep. a big place, and through the northern and eastern Gulf of Mexico. Add anything to add to that, uh, David? No, and the dry tortugas, once I left one of my clients behind at a restaurant, that's, oh, that's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll hear more about that on another program, <laughs> I'm sure. All right, 781-837-4900 is the number. Take a guess if you don't know what it is, because no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. So give it a try. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781 837 Four nine hundred. What about birding in community gardens? Pretty interesting idea. Yeah, they a lot of the community gardens go to weeds as the mm-hmm. as the vegetables expire. Yeah, uh, and they're left that way. So you get ragweed, you get lots of uh, deer grass and these heavily seeded mm-hmm. grass heads, and often they're not tilled until springtime or late maybe in November even. So you get lots of migrant sparrows in those uh-huh. places. Really we'll good. hear more about that from our man Mike O'Connor. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Now a word from our friends at Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Want some tips on backyard birding? Birdwatching Magazine has published a handy booklet that's yours to download for free. 
The 16-page guide includes practical field-tested answers to your most important questions about the birds in your backyard, from food to birdhouses, from those cute hummingbirds to those troublemaking birds. Go to birdwatchingdaily.com to get your backyard Q&A booklet. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that. Works with private landowners to protect wildlife, to preserve natural habitats. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE. Or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. You know that famous music, David? I do know that. I do know that. What is that? Oh, that's for Let's Ask Mike. Yeah, I hear him humming that all the time down the Cape. They, yeah. Yeah, all, oh, yeah. As soon as you cross the bridge, you yeah, can yeah. start to hear that. Usually with a tin cup right in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he heard that. Oh, how Michael could he? Connor. <laughs> I knew you guys would be trading insults pretty quickly, but I didn't know it would be that quick. Good morning, Michael. Oh, good morning, David. You know, I just want to say, you know, that go away bird, that wasn't a bird you were hearing. <laughs> I hear that all the time. I always thought it was a bird. Yeah, he said, "Oh, they're here too." Yeah, I uh, <laughs> son of a gun. Yeah. Well, David's just uh, talked about some of the things you're, you're going to discuss, Mike, about um, uh, birding in community gardens. But uh, community gardens, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's going to, especially. I think a lot of your listeners might be in um, urban areas mm-hmm. um, or rural areas, but the people in the suburbs don't have a, sometimes have access to some good birding spots but in the fall or this time of year you know there's these community gardens and they're not usually very big they're just a few acres but they've had been planted all you know people rent the little plots and they've been planted all summer and this time of year people get tired of the gardening and, and so things seeing the plants turn to seeds and become a, a little a magnet a little stopover for birds and as david knows although david usually goes there to try to steal Food here and there. <laughs> Free tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you can get a, a whole bunch of uh, you know birds. And what's, what's nice about it is the birds are kind of I don't want to say trapped, but they're in a small area, mm. so it's not like going to a state park where there's thousands of acres. It's just a few acres, and you walk around, and the birds, if they get spooked, they just go to the next plot, and you kind of follow them, and mm. and you can get indigo buntings, the blue grosbeaks, the bobolinks, and some. I think the, the Harwich one a few years ago had ash throw to flycatcher, and just about every town has one now. And if, I think people from all around, if you go online, you probably can find one in your town. And it's just a short window for a few weeks before the frost hits, and then sometimes they clear these out, getting ready for the next growing season. So probably for the next three or four weeks, people should investigate those. And and what's interesting about them is there's, there's still flowers going on. So if you're a photographer and the birds kind of land up on these flowers you can get some great uh, photo opportunities as well all right community gardens not just for rutabagas anymore <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot mike check them out <laughs> all right we'll talk to you um, if not next week the week after from the galapagos yeah Islands. have a great trip well thank you talk if you, you want to take david clap with you go ahead <laughs> yeah he's only been there 19 times so uh, he's ready to go back thank you mike all right, ready. You see you, Dave. Yep, bye, Mike. Mike O'Connor down there at the um, Bird Watchers General Store in Cape Cod. And we're back here at the Mystery Bird Contest trying to identify this mystery bird. What is it? Tell us or take a guess at 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. And we have uh, Arlene in beautiful Bridgewater, Massachusetts. 
Uh, no, we don't. We have Alan in marvelous Marshfield, <laughs> uh, Massachusetts, as a matter of fact. Uh, there he is, I think. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, and David is here, too. Want to say hi to David? Hi, David. Good morning, Alan. So you heard How the are music? you? Good, good. He's, uh, My he's... dog just ran after a deer. <laughs> okay, I hope, hope they're all going to be okay. Yeah, they will be. All right. Uh, so, mystery bird, Alan. What do you What do you think? Yes, um, a white-tailed tropic bird. David, is that uh, correct? Holy cow! Yeah, oh. that's, yeah that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Yeah. I, I never expected to be the first guest. Yeah, good. you thought this yeah. would be a tough one. Uh, there's, three, there's three tropic birds: white-tailed, red-tailed, and red-bill. Red, yeah. yeah. And uh, the the white-tailed, I don't think we'll see in the Galapagos Islands. No, it's, Island, it's right? no, it's yeah. more on the Atlantic side. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. Same, yeah. same. Level equatorial, basically, mm-hmm. but just a different area. Yep. Uh, nice, nice job, Alan. Uh, absolutely right. The white-tailed tropic bird is correct, and uh, we'll send you that droll Yankees feeder and that bonus prize with that uh, birds and beans bird-friendly coffee. Great, thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks, Alan. Congratulations. All right. White-tailed tropic bird, and uh, that means we're out of time on our show. That doesn't mean that, but we are. David Clapp, thank you so much for for, for being with us again. My pleasure, and yeah. I. We'll repeat, it should be an hour show, right? Let's let's go longer. <laughs> Look for David on his blog, On the Road with DEC. That's for David E. Clapp, On the Road with DEC. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com by L.L. Bean, inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. BirdsAndBeans.com And by Chimani, visiting a national park, let Chimani guide you.